even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers of my grace. For God is my record, how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. In this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ, unto the glory and praise of God. But I would ye should understand, brethren, the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather into the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are made much, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ, even of envy and strife, and some also of good will. The one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then? Notwithstanding, every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and I will rejoice. Um, I believe Paul was a prisoner here at this point when he was writing to the Philippians. So I don't think that was the greatest time in his life. I, I doubt that, being a prisoner. And yet he writes something like this. Um, obviously he was in a bad scenario here but yet God was not done working with him as we just read about and I'm just going to point out a few things in these verses and then we'll uh, keep going on here um, verse 3 it says I thank my God upon every remembrance of you so as we think of our brothers and sisters in the Lord is that something we do? Thank the Lord for your brother and sister. Do you remember them? You were talking about this whole brotherhood issue, this love issue. Do you thank the Lord for your brother and sister? Verse 4. Um, okay, we just mentioned that one. Number 3. Thank you, the Lord. And verse 4 says, Pray. Always in every prayer. So he's, he's thanking the Lord, he's, he's praying for them. And then verse 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So he has this confidence in his brothers. And I thought that was a bit of a challenge to me. Do I have this trust, do I have this confidence in my brothers? Um that they will grow. Like I don't think Paul, it's, it's kind of sounds like a pretty good chapter here. You know, he's, he's thanking the Lord for them and you know, he's confident that they're going to be, keep growing and stuff. But why is he saying this? Was everything fine? So he must have known there was growing to do. And then 9 and 10, And thus I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment and that you may approve things that are excellent and so he's praying that they will make right choices. And he's doing this for his, you could say, his brothers and sisters. And then I'll just touch a little bit on verse 18. 
he says there's different preaching going on there about Christ in verse 18. He says, What then? Notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and I will and will rejoice. Um, there probably could be lots said on that part. Um, I will just, I'm hoping I'm not taking this out of context, but what do we do when contentions arise? Paul says, Christ is being preached, I will rejoice. And I think Dwight was even just talking about, just about that, about let's say in a member meeting, is there, is there contention, is there, can we come to an agreement on issues? Okay, I'm a carpenter by trade, um, and probably some of you may be as well. What happens Let's say on a renovation project, there's usually dust involved, right? Renovations are messy. Um, but that's expected, right? You, you, you have a goal in mind. The customer says, this is what I want done. I want a new window in here. I want a bigger window. Um, whatever. So that means ripping stuff apart. There's drywall dust. It's dusty. It's some of that renovation work isn't, isn't all that fun sometimes. But you, you're looking for that end result. And the customer is looking for the end result. They don't really care if there's some dust, most times. You know, they say, well, just, just keep your boots on. You know, it's maybe kind of wet outside, but, you know, just keep your boots on. Just walk in the house, get the job done. Ephesians 4.32 And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Christ forgave us, right? He died on the cross before we even sinned. Can we look past that dust of other people, of our brothers and sisters? Can we say, I see, I see some gold out there, go for it. There's a little bit of dust, but let's kind of look past that. You know, in our Sunday school lesson there, uh, I think verse 19 it was, about the uh, same thing, about he loved us first. And do we love as Christ loves? Well, this past week, it was pretty busy. We were planning, on planning this trip, and uh, so yeah, there's all kind of stuff I got to tie up, you know, before you leave. And, and Monday, Dwight texts me and uh, says, Hey, can you preach? And, okay. And. Uh, and we also started a new uh, construction job this past week. And so I needed to help along there, you know, get things rolling. And you know how it is, starting a new job, there's, you know, kind of got to get things figured out and whatever. And, and I had to change the tires on my van. I want to do that before we left. And I also got livestock, so I needed to take care of, uh, of the livestock, too, before we go and... And then during the week, I get a call, and already by this time I consented to preaching, and and I'll just say I'll just call it. It was a church-related call, and uh, my defense just went up. And uh, okay, I, like I was thinking, like I've got enough on my plate here. I don't need more issues to deal with this week. And. Uh, 
I would say it turned out decent, good. But what do we do when these dusty situations come into our lives? Maybe you might say, well, I was a, or in this case, you know, maybe kind of a pre-existing scenario and you kind of know the situation and what do you do? Like I wasn't, I wasn't a prisoner like Paul, right? But can I still have a compassion like Paul had in that look at my brothers and sisters and say, there is gold, there is gold coming out of this. Can I look past that dust? Can I make? Can I pray for these people and and encourage them to make right choices? Even when my plate might seem plenty full, can I still look past that and encourage other people? In Colossians 3, verse 13, Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. So there's that forbearing thing. And... If I may be as blunt as say, I'm sure you guys have some issues in your church. Probably not everything runs perfectly smooth. Um, yeah, ours at least doesn't. So I mean, if we're people, and I think there's people that have the border. I don't know how much different there. There's probably some different practices, but but things like that happen. There's dust involved. If there's people around, there's dust. I mean, hey. So people may be going through difficult times, right? Like was already mentioned, there may be financial issues, maybe there's health issues, relationship issues, there's work issues, all these different issues. And sometimes I might think, you know, okay, well, this person, you know, they got themselves into this mess themselves, you know, like, you might as well eat this out, you know, like, what can I do about this? Is that what Paul was talking about? Was, was he... Was he saying, I approve, uh, that I'm, I'm encouraging you to make the right choices, to can I sit back then and just say, okay, well, you take care of yourself, or am I responsible to help where I can, to uh, help them make those right choices? And how about if you're in that situation, maybe you're the dust in, in a scenario. Can you count on your Christian friends? to be there for you? Are you there for them? Can you look past that dust and grime and see that possible end result in your brother and sister? And we're not, we're not talking about looking over, looking, like looking past sin and excusing sin. That's not what we're talking about. But we do need to encourage and Maybe there is some sin issues that need to be addressed. Maybe the person isn't realizing what's happening in his life and, and you need to go ahead and address that. But that's what we do as working together, right? Love works no ill to his neighbor. Romans 13.10 Love works no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Do we love one another? Do we love our children like Ryan was saying that we protect them? Is that why we do it? Do we... we do certain things to protect other people. Do we do that with our brothers and sisters? 
Um, I'll read a portion of Matthew 18. familiar story there about uh, the servants that uh, had debts. I'll start reading verse uh, 23 in chapter 18. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him ten thousand talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. He's, he's asking for patience here. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him that debt. And the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants. And, and just notice that word there, fellow servants. He was someone he, he worked with, he dealt with here. He found one of them, which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servants fell down on his fellow servant fell down on his feet, and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw that what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Shouldst not thou also have compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth, and delivered him to tormentors, till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every man, every one his brother their trespasses. That's pretty strong stuff there. And he's talking about in the story here, but they're dealing with fellow servants, dealing with, let's say, brothers in this church, brothers and sisters. And are we ready to forgive? We've been forgiven so much as we know. And are we ready to grab the next guy by the throat and say, hey, come on, you, you're not doing what I think you should be doing and you need to pay me? And verse 35 says, watch out. You forgive as I forgive. You have compassion. Even when the stakes are high, when there's an advantage for you, you still have compassion. Proverbs 27.17 says, One iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. That's what the brotherhood is for, right? Sharpen iron, sharpen one another see that gold out there that you can become, encourage one another. And also, as was mentioned already, do you see some brother's need? Do you you take care of that need? And I would just like to encourage also that we might sometimes have the idea, okay, so-and-so, he's got it all together, you know, he's, he's good, you know, this person over here, he has a need, and I'll, I'll kind of focus on him, you know, he's, he always struggles, and, you know, whatever, so, you know, we've we got we to gotta help that brother along, but let's remember those that we think have it all together, you know, they need our compassion as well, and they need our encouragement as well to keep going. 
I'll just read a little uh, story here. It's called Nighttime Treasures. Two brothers farmed together. They lived in separate houses on the family farm, but met each day in the fields to work together. One brother married and had a large family. The other lived alone. Still they divided the harvest from the fields equally. One night the single brother thought, My brother is struggling to support a large family, but I get half of the harvest. With love in his heart, he gathered a box of things he had purchased from his earnings, items he knew would help his brother's family. He planned to slip over to his brother's shed, unload the basket there, and never say a word about it. The same night, the married brother thought, My brother is alone. He doesn't know the joys of family. Out of love, he decided to take over a basket with a quilt and homemade bread and preserves to warm his brother's house. He planned to leave the items on his porch and never say a word. As the brothers stealthily made their way to each other's home, they bumped into one another. They were forced to admit to what they were doing, and there in the darkness, they cried and embraced, each man realizing that his greatest wealth was a brother who respected and loved him. Is that us in our brotherhood? Do we, do we go out there and help our brother? There's, if there's work being done, there's dust. Let's uh, read a portion from Jeremiah. Jeremiah 18, uh, 1 through 6. The story of a the potter there. Jeremiah 18, 1 through 6. The word which the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So something was wrong here with this pot, or this clay. So he made it again, another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel. God wants to work on us. He wants to keep working us, to perfect us. It's me, it's you. Can we, can we help along and, and our brother's Maybe, the, maybe God is working in your brother's life and, and, and he's really feeling the, the maybe God has to just that clay, you know, this is, something's not working out, I've got to smash this and make something better. Can we go alongside and help him when he's feeling the crunch? Can we, uh, can we go alongside him and, and help him? Because God is not finished with us yet. Um, I'll read part of a song. Please be patient. Well, you might not like the way I act or the things I say. I'm asking you to pray for me. Let Jesus have his way. I may not be perfect. There's a perfect plan for me. He made me in his image. One day you will see in the chorus. So please be patient. God's not finished with me yet. He's working out the rough spots, forgiving all my debts. You don't need to worry and you don't need to fret. 
Just be a little patient. God's not finished with me yet. Then in closing, I'll read uh, a few verses out of uh, 1 Corinthians 15. Corinthians 15, and I'll start uh, 51, in verse 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at that last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall, he, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which gives us a victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that victory, I, don't, I think we can even, sometimes you know, my thought is compassion. You know, like, do we really need victory in this? Or, but I think we do, or I do that we need this victory to actually even exercise patience and compassion with our brothers and sisters. And we can get that through Christ. And then that last verse, there kind of caps it there, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. If you help out your brother in the Lord, that labor is not in vain. And you can do that through Christ. So let's just be encouraged to, uh, to make that move if you see the Lord has need of you in, someone, in someone's life. Let's pause for prayer. God, as we uh, have looked at the different angles of brotherhood through the service today, um, thank you so much for that capacity that we can serve in and uh, just give us the grace and the, and the victory to, to exercise that compassion as we have as we see need as we, uh, as we see, feel your spirit nudging us in whatever direction help us to be willing to follow that and we just pray especially for the congregation here as they uh, move along together in love just be with each one and whatever needs there are, and uh, that they can be that bright light here in testimony for you here. We just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.